Hello and welcome. Alice and Lucy here. Brand new podcast episode for you. But first up, as always, a couple of quick fire questions. I actually have six today because I couldn't choose. Oh my god, so do I. Oh my god. I just have a bonus question. Doesn't really count, but I was just like, I'm going to whack it in there anyway. Me too. Mine's a little bit passive aggressive, but I'm going to... Same. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, good to know we're on the same page. Oh my god, what is happening? Okay, okay, I'm gonna start. You ready? All right. Okay, favourite op shop in Melbourne? Chapel Street, one on Chapel Street. Oh my god, there's so many on Chapel Street. Uniting, uniting on Chapel Street. Okay, good. Specifically, like, why is that one your favourite? I just, I've never been in there without coming out with something. Every single time, it's like tiny, doesn't look like anything special, but for some reason, I always come out with something. It's got some bangers. Yep. Okay. Um, Travel, would you prefer to go to Egypt or Mexico? Mm. Right now, Mexico, because I feel like we've had some really good Mexican food and I think oh it would be, it's really topical. I reckon we make really good Mexican food. I think we could probably do better if we <laughs> went to Mexico. Look, you can't really mess up corn chips though. <laughs> like, when you get in corn chips out of a bag and you're adding guac. Um, or like literally just tomato salsa and cheese. That's such a good combo. It's really good, but I also think we can probably do better if we actually went to Mexico. Okay, speaking of things that we do quite well, scones, oh, no. cream, jam, or jam and cream? Jam and cream. Right. Uh, because how do you spread jam on cream? No, you don't spread it. You just like dollop it on there. No, you don't. You <laughs> spread it and then you put the cream on top. Anyway, I disagree. I think it's the other way around. Because the butter is like cream. So I think you should actually put the cream down first. No, you spread butter. <laughs> okay, anyway, I'm sorry. Let's keep going. <laughs> if you prefer to rehab an injury, would you choose, okay, if you have to, rehab a navicular stress fracture or a proximal hamstring tendinopathy? Ouch and ouch. I know. Both I know of you them. them both. Oh, that's a that is a really tough one. Two injuries that I've I've had. Um, my navicular injury got me out for th- about three years. What? So yeah, first time it just didn't heal properly. I had a moon boot and crutches. Second time I had plaster um, and crutches, and then third time I finally had to have surgery. So I guess that ended up being like a really long term injury. Um, whereas my tendon's only been you know a few months. So. I don't know. It's really hard to say. This one's probably been good in, in, in the way that it hasn't actually impacted my life. So I haven't had to have crutches yet yeah. to, to run. So yeah, let's go with that one. Because if you have to drive when you're like lying flat and I'm usually just standing around <laughs> like a flamingo on your right leg. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think even still, I'm going to have to say that, but it's pretty hard coming straight, like directly off a hamstring tendon injury and saying, yeah, yeah I'd love to have this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I wouldn't wish it on anyone. I know, actually, it's quite tricky. Okay, 6 by one k at 3.10 pace <laughs> is your session, or you can do 8K at 3.25 pace. 8K at 3.25 pace. All right. I genuinely thought you were going to say the opposite. Uh, no, because I like, I like a bit of a chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love that you can just chat at 3.25 pace. This is cruisy. Oh, well, my God, that's wild. One K, you've got to stick to the pace as well, whereas I feel like 8K, there's room, like, yeah, there's plenty of room for error. So if 1K is like 3.20 and 1K is like 3.30, it's just like, well, it's like, you know, roughly averaging the right pace, whereas like th- you've only got three minutes and 10 seconds to make sure you hit the right pace. It's a bit stressful. Yeah, okay. Um, would you prefer to vacuum, put the bins out, or do the dishwasher? <laughs> Alice! What? I'm just asking. <laughs> you just love to put the bins out, so I, I leave it to you. I the bins. I've just, I've just taken that role because no one else does it when you get bin flies. So, in case anyone's wondering, I never, ever put the bins out. Ever, never. It's not my thing. The other day, I put the recycling out. 
Um, so that was good. But vacuuming is absolutely my thing. What was the third job? Dishwasher. Not really into that either. Okay, so can I put a little extra onto the fact that you've chosen vacuuming right, but you made <laughs> a very clear point the other day. When we were downstairs, you said, no, Alice, I don't mind vacuuming. I just like to make this very clear. I don't mind it. However, the vacuum bags, I have absolutely no interest in where they come from, how you put them in, or where I go to buy more of them. So I just want to make it really clear. And then I started to explain it to you and you're like, literally show me the palm of your hand and you said, I am absolutely not interested. I just wanted you to know that I'm a vacuumer without any further Other, interventions. Or responsibility. I just, I do the vacuuming and then everything else should take care of itself. Also, I only... <laughs> Infuriating! Oh also, my god! I'm only vacuuming downstairs because we have one of those robot vacuums for upstairs. And that's <laughs> also fair enough. We have to caution it off or else it ends up like doing like a kamikaze down the stairs. <laughs> but also, it's a very niche vacuum. Like it's a very difficult vacuum to use. Like it's so strong. The suction is really good. Mm. So like it leaves you feeling like really fulfilled because everything is very clean. But it's actually like a workout. So I feel like that definitely. Yeah, you end up really sweaty afterwards. I remember yep. when I broke my shoulder and my clavicle fracture. I could only vacuum with my left hand and I could only do that probably six months after the event. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's actually particularly strong, which shows that it's a good vacuum cleaner, but also, so I feel like that definitely is equivalent to dishwasher and taking out the bins. Fair enough. So long as you don't have to do the bags. She's easy okay. to get over. Uh, All right, my turn. My six. Alice, current nail polish colour? I'm going to go with navy. <laughs> Are you going to go with it? <laughs> Tell us about your navy nail polish that you've got on right now. Okay, so I found uh, this lovely nail salon near our house in South Yarra. And for the first time ever, I had a male nail on, um, I had a male nail, what do you call Technician. It? Technician. <laughs> there we go. And he was wonderful. He was absolutely wonderful. I loved everything about him. He was like really enthusiastic, really tactile, like was really, just everything about him was good. But then I was like, I want the navy. And then he was like, sure, no worries. So he went off and found a pot of something. Anyway, I ended up with like purpley green. Like sometimes they're green, sometimes they're purple. Like brown tones too. <laughs> absolutely not. I get this nudge like halfway through saying, what do you reckon of this color? And I was like, looks awesome. Absolutely not what you asked for. And he was just like, I think he realised halfway through, so he did a few extra layers to overcompensate. I know, and um, I didn't have the heart to tell him that that wasn't the colour that I wanted, so then I ended up with colour I didn't want, but I'm still um, chasing the navy. I still love it. I think it's basically like Christmas beetle vibes. So yeah. sometimes purple, sometimes green, sometimes brown. Like, like a mood ring. Sparkly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. you got to watch it because you know what mood she's in. <laughs> uh, second question. What's your perfect date? Ice cream or movies? I like both. I really like no, both. No, you have to choose. Okay, so I'm going to say movies. All right. Do I just you... love the movies so much. Yeah, you do. I you literally do. would. I could see a movie every single day. Yeah. Um, well, it's a really, really <laughs> profound statement. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you prefer the city or country? Uh, I am a city rat. Uh, having said that, can I just a little add to that? I have loved trail running out at Listerfield with you. It is so great. It is so muddy. There are so many kangaroos and wallabies. The trails are incredible, and I feel like I have missed that aspect of your previous life, which was just... And also, I have to add that now you know the difference between a kangaroo and a wallaby. It's very impressive. I'm basically like, it's like... Kangaroo! Like, it's like running with... Like I've got running dreads. Every, every time something comes past, I have to actually then just point out exactly what it is. And most of the time, I'm usually correct these days. Current favourite type of bread? Oh no, that's so much No, nah, cheese. Three, two... Um, I like focaccias, because it's kind of a bit 90s. Okay. Like when you get a focaccia, not really a good, cappuccino, and then like a muffin of the day. That was like a 90s vibe. I actually love a focaccia, slightly warm. Okay, that's not bread, but all right. Is it? Um, but it's definitely bread. It's like a roll. 
Yeah, well, I don't want to tell you everyone my sliced option because I feel like I'll be really judged. You will. Preference of pen colour? Black pen. Okay. And also, bonus question, who won our swim race yesterday? <coughs> okay, well, this was a bit passive-aggressive. So here, <laughs> I just like to paint the scene a little bit. So here I was. We are doing a 20-minute swim. I think it was me. I think I won. Okay, let me just back up a little bit here. 20 minutes of swimming. We're seeing how far we could swim in 20 minutes because we were on a deadline. Um, Sunday afternoon, we had to watch the footy. Anyway, so as I'm swimming along, Lucy starts getting closer and closer to me, like shoulder to shoulder. And I was like, can you not? There's so much room. You don't need to swim that close. And then naturally, I started sort of splashing around and making it a bit uncomfortable for her. And then she starts to lean into me. And then next minute, she grabs me. And then suddenly, it's on. So then I sort of started to try and sprint. I knew that it was a race. That's what was happening. So then I grabbed her leg. She's very vicious and violent race. <laughs> grabbed her leg, pulled her all the way back so I could take off. And then she grabs me. Ended up, there was like a, a wedgie at the end. There was all sorts of like, but you did actually end up first place. And which did make me think, back when you were trace, racing in 1500 metres, I reckon you would have been a bit vicious. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the answer, in short, I was the winner. Yes, but Although also... Although will, I will have to mention, the only reason that we were coming to the finish line at the same time was because you were lapping me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I think I lapped you so three I'll times. i that. <laughs> I think. All right. Excellent. All right, so moving on from that, we did think we wanted to chat a little bit about something that overlaps between Pilates and running quite significantly and something we've both been living the last probably six months really, really well is just consistency. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And by that, it is just in terms of actually just continuously showing up for a prolonged period of time. And I don't mean like weeks, like literally months to years in terms of base building. Yeah. But the way that that's comprised, I think is different from person to person. So okay. I think that you and I would see consistency like in the same way, but we'd probably attack it in a different way. So I think like you, for example, you just like to have every week same, like week in, week out, same routine, same structure and all that. And no, no, I... sound like an old person. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's, it, that's actually, it's fantastic. I and I, I... Yeah, I do and, like that. Yeah, I admire that. And then I think for me, I'm probably the same, but I need to go like in peaks and troughs. So, you know, like I'm, I'm a big training camp person. You know, I can like switch on for four weeks and have a really good structure, a really good routine. And then I like to have just a down week just to kind of reset. And then we go again. And so I guess my consistency, like, yeah, I can have, like, years, like, for me to get the best out of myself. I can have years of sort of uninterrupted training in my routine, but I would sort of be a little bit different in mm. what I would class as consistency. Yeah, and if you take the long-term approach, I guess that is still incredibly consistent. If you're having, like, every fifth week is a down week, that's still, like, a huge block of genuine consistency. And I do think um, that's something you've taught me so well. I think I am someone that's like, all right, I've ticked that block, and now I'm just going to, like, keep going, but I'm going to add more. Mm. And I feel like, especially with the running, I mean, you've got to be so careful doing that. And I've actually really loved, obviously, you've been writing my programs for me. Every so often, you just whack a, a down week in there. So we drop it back to 30Ks or something ad hoc and, you know, do a few different things that week that you wouldn't normally do. Not necessarily exercise focus, just different in general. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's really important for, like, you know, for your body to be able to absorb the training that you're doing and reset um, so that you can then sort of progress a little bit more. And I think that's a common thing, like especially people who have had sort of injury cycles and you're getting back from an injury and you're used to just sort of having like a progression each week. You know, mm -hmm. you start off by doing like a walk jog or 10 minutes of running and then the next week you progress to 20 minutes and 30 minutes. So you're used to having that kind of, that sort of linear-ish progression. And so it's hard, like, you know, particularly when you're coming back from an injury, at what point do you stop progressing? And mm. you're just like, okay, well, this is where I am and this is where I'm going to stay. And so I think it is really hard for people who have been quite injury prone to sort of just be okay with not trying to do more and more and more. 
little plateaus. That's true. And to be honest, I've actually really noticed that in like return to running after an injury, we approach it quite differently. And I think you've said that you've noticed it in physios in general. We have a certain way of approaching a return to running. And I think dealing with so many clients over the years, something that people do love is to know that they are progressing after they've had, you know, it's quite traumatic when you have an injury. And when you get back to running, what you want to do is you want to see the improvements. And so something that we tend to do is whether or not, um, you know, when you're doing your walk jog, it might start off at 10 minutes and then every second day you add an extra two minutes. So it goes 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20. Whereas you're someone that is more inclined to do, say, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, then jump to 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, like a bit more stage base, mm. whereas I think I'm a little bit more linear in my progressions. Yeah, yeah, or even not just like, not just 10, 10, 10, 20, 20, 20, but like 10, 10, 10, and then the next week adding in like one 20 minute, but keeping the two 10 minutes. Mm. So, and then kind of like going sort of back and forth a little bit more. So I reckon I do like bigger jumps, Yeah. Um, but then kind of do revert back probably because I always have that, that cyclic kind of tendency uh, yeah. Than, yeah whereas I feel like that is to me it's a little bit regressive to a degree psychologically mm. so mm. I'd actually prefer to go for a slow linear all the way up to 30 minutes and hold there for a little bit longer um, which is probably more of a psychological thing because physiologically I mean that load management is very very similar um, but I just think psychologically I feel like there's that little bit of progress happening each time and people love it mm. and I love it mm. also something else that I've noticed too I'm probably one of the only Physios, I don't know, I haven't met many other physios that do this, but I'm not a walk jogger. You know, one minute walk, one minute jog, one minute walk, one minute jog. Um, pure, I've always been that person that does lots of walking. For example, I'll walk for 30 minutes and the last one minute of that 30 minute will be the jog. And then I'm someone that eats into my walk with the jog. And I think that's because probably the last few injuries I've had, they've had been tendons. And I find the, the walk jog really does provoke um, that warm up, cool down, warm up, cool down. And I just find that, you know, progressing, eating into your walk has actually just worked better for me. Yeah, I really like that as well. I think that's probably really good for people who are coming back from an injury because, you know, they do their walk and they're comfortable with that. Um, and then at the end of it, it's like a little bonus that they get to have, you know, their run. Mm. Um, and then if for some reason they're not feeling it, like they've still got the whole walk behind them. So it's not like, you know, you start, if you, if you go out for a walk jog and you feel like you can't do it or whatever, then you've just got to walk home. Whereas at least you've done your walk. Does that make sense? Oh, there's nothing worse. It's almost <clears> like that um, the walk of shame after a night out and you're carrying your shoes <laughs> and you've got the mascara down your face and you're just like, it's like 9am and you're walking down South Bank and everyone's watching. That sort of thing. It's almost, <laughs> this is just okay. like hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically, right? right? Yeah. But then it's almost the same thing. Like you get to a park, right? You can do a walk jog around a glass over because it's a good soft surface or whatever. And that park, it might be two kilometres from home. And then you get there and you're like, ah, oh, this is not good. And then you've got to do that two kilometre walk of shame back to home. Yeah. Whereas if you're sort of a minute or two from home when you first start I mean worst case scenario that minute doesn't work out and you're literally right near home mm. so I feel like perhaps there's a little bit of PTSD from walks of shame yeah. in my life yeah but I guess like it's your experience uh, mm. like you know as a runner and having injuries yourself that's made you kind of understand runners a little bit more which mm -hmm. yeah makes you a really good physio yeah, unfortunately you're not <laughs> not really practicing too much these days, but I do actually um, did a bit of a shoulder treatment yesterday yeah you've been actually quite busy on the tools recently yeah. just unofficially in the lounge room <laughs> this is fam <laughs> yeah they're all kind of like um, something going on I think um, I don't know maybe they just need to do more Pilates I'm sort of lucky in my family too because my sister is an incredible sports physio and so she's definitely on the tools and so I feel like she takes probably 
more the um, the hands-on load. I'm like, everyone needs to do some planks and some clams. And they're like, no, we don't want to. It's so annoying. So then my sister's like, well, I'll just give you like some needling in the massage. And of course, that's going to be a better option. Yeah, yeah. But it's really good the way that you guys can work together. Because, mm. you know, if anyone has an injury. Um, and to be honest, I find that really helpful as well. Because I feel like I've learned so much like physio knowledge just from you. Um, which really helps with, you know, the, the runners that I coach. I'm not a physio, but I'm like, I reckon I probably could be. Um, <laughs> and if there is, it's like, you know, there's plenty of things I'm always un unsure about. Like you're right. Uh, there on hand to give advice and then mm. Laura <laughs> as well yeah, yeah, hands on. if you're in Melbourne that's like, she's actually a brilliant physio little yeah. plug for that um, but yeah I think the importance of uh, consistency in your running is probably the best thing for not only performance but also injury prevention right and it coming up to a race I mean what you've said is great if you've got six months of consistent training and there's a race that's happening soon all you need to do is tweak a couple of sessions and you're pretty mm. fit and ready to go Whereas if you've kind of been peaking and troughing and peaking and troughing, yeah, on race day, it is hard to really front up and actually elicit the plan when you don't have the backing behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's, that's always the hardest part about having a goal, right, is that like you don't know what's actually going to happen on race day, particularly if you're aiming for a half marathon or a marathon. Mm. So if you've got like a big sort of six month or four month, whatever, training towards a marathon and then on race day, like you get sick or something happens like just beforehand. I always like I prefer to just like focus on, you know, weekly routines and daily habits that get you to be in that consistent state of training so that at any point you can go, all right, well, there's a half marathon coming up in a few weeks' time. I'm pretty much ready for it. Let's just tweak a few things. And mm, you're ready to go. Yeah, yeah, ready to go. And, and that's pretty similar to with Pilates. Obviously, it's not performance-based, but if I could have any sort of request added to the Olympic Committee, it would be to make Pilates an Olympic sport. It's not. It's mm. never going to be competitive <laughs> because it is therapeutic. That's absolutely fine. But in the same way, consistency is just as important. Not like you've got to peak for a Pilates race or anything like that, but they've done quite a bit of clinical research on it and the weekly dosage that they do base it on, and this is around um, knee pain, lower back pain mm. is mainly the areas, and to gain improvements in core stability, prevent injury recurrence and reduce pain, they always base the sessions on at least two base strength sessions a week. And so that's two by 30 minutes is where you get the actual physiological gains which are then going to feed back into your lifestyle, your fitness, your sport, etc. Would you say when someone's starting Pilates, do you reckon, would you recommend for them to do more than two sessions a week just to kind of like build up that foundation and then just like two sessions a week to maintain it? Or do you think two sessions is enough? Absolutely. And especially, I guess, when I was back in the days and I was doing Reformer, I think two sessions a week was perfect because a couple of things, you actually have to go to the studio to use the equipment, right? So trying to get someone who's maybe busy with kids or just life and work, trying to get to a studio more than twice a week is actually kind of inconvenient. Mm. Also, it does get quite expensive. Mm. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Mm. Um, when you do have a platform which is just unlimited and you can do it anytime with your kids there and on a mat and the sessions can be as small as 10 minutes, I definitely think more than twice a week, especially initially when you kind of you know, you enter the Pilates world feeling like a bit of a fish out of water. Like, the moves yeah. are weird. Like, the stuff that we do, to me, I'm a bit desensitised, obviously. Also, I think, like, for runners, like, the moves are quite hard because you need to be quite mobile um, yeah. to, to actually get into it. So that was my first memory of, like, starting Pilates. I was just like, this is actually just really hard to get into the positions that we have to, <laughs> like, in the movements. It is actually quite tricky. So that's why I was asking because I feel like when I first started, I was doing it pretty much every day with you online. Well, And then I feel like right now I could probably do a little bit less and 
sort of maintain it. Yeah. And that was evident, like, when I had to stop completely after my PRP injections, like, I had to stop completely for a, a few weeks, and then I got back into it, and I was like, initially I was like, oh, this is really hard, and I was like out of breath, and it was really hard to actually just get through a session. But then after, like, a couple of sessions, I was like, just back to normal. Back to normal, get back on the bike. Yeah, yeah so it's like on. your body has that memory mm. um, if you've got that... Uh, long foundation. Yeah, and these neuromuscular movement patterns that you sort of you can wire in, and then you know they sort of gloss over a little bit if you leave it too long, but then they do come back straight away once you sort of get back on the wagon. Um, but I recommend at least two strength-based sessions. So if I was just going to give someone like a starting out program, I'd probably go for like one foundation session, which is a bit more of a quality movement-based, sort of more therapeutic and clinical, where you really focus on technique and mm-hmm. it's not as like strong or dynamic. One foundation, then I'd go for like a power or a Pilates for runners, which have a bit more of a run-specific focus. They're a bit more dynamic, a bit more strength-focused, and definitely going to get that really deep burn and endurance, but you are more likely to lose form because they are harder. Mm. So that's a good challenge one. And then also getting a mobility one as well. So like a 30-minute mobility session, which has sort of yoga tendencies. You know, there is stretch, but it's run-specific joint and tissue mm-hmm. flexibility. But... Some of the ways that I think is the best way to get around it too, and I'm a big believer in these quickies. So there's heaps of quickies that I reckon mm. are actually easier to do, which are like five to ten minutes of glutes. But they're still hard. Like they're still, they're they're still a bit hard. of a burn. Yeah, yeah. When I film them, I actually, it takes me like a full day almost of filming. And these are like four classes of ten minutes. But it literally, it actually is such an underrated thing. Like you've seen me having to yeah, myself up. Yeah, absolutely exhausted by the end of it. <laughs> Physically uh, and emotionally. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, everything goes into them. And I think too, because I've got to be flawless in them, because I like the editing to be super streamlined. And if there's too many like glitches and things that go wrong, I kind of make myself start again. Mm. I don't know, it's like self-flagellation Pilates. Yeah, but that's probably the, the overall. Three times a week, I reckon, is good. And then narrowing it down to two. Yeah. Also, we have some exciting news. A couple of events coming up, Pilates and running combined. Yeah, so we've got two different locations coming up. Sydney on the 28th of May and then Melbourne on the 4th of June. Um, So we're going to be hosting 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We're going to be hosting a Pilates event. We're going to be providing the snacks, the tunes, the fun. And also, we're going to be giving exclusive access to the brand new Forerunners.app which is basically everything you could possibly want in terms of injury prevention, all the Pilates classes, the quickies, the pre and post run activations, mobility sessions, but it is in the beta stages of fruition, which means that it is very much just, you know, the 30 odd people that come to these events get first access, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Like this, um, you know, there's so many different elements to this app. We've been working pretty hard, particularly you, for a very long time now. Two years in the making and there has been blood, sweat, tears and tantrums involved in this app, not going to lie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can definitely be the first one Justified to say that. Truth. Yeah, yeah. But it is actually awesome. You can personalize it to make it, you know, your sort of Pilates experience and, you know, exactly what you want in the app, which is pretty cool. Yeah, you can plug in how many sessions you want to do a week, how long you want the sessions for, what your goals are. You can compete against your friends. There are awards that you win for consistency, etc. It's going to be a really, really awesome uh, online experience, I would like to say. Yeah, so if you're around Sydney at the end of May, 28th of May, mm-hmm. and, or if you're in Melbourne on the 4th of June, come along, yeah. um, enjoy a Pilates session with us. And we will disclose the locations, etc., in due course. It's a bit of a secret right now, really, isn't it? It is. We're just keeping it a little bit up in the air. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, we'll be on the ground and we can give direct location and direction for the Great Ocean Run Festival. Yeah. So, coming up in a couple of weeks, we've also got 
our first fun run together. I think that's pretty exciting. I don't think we've ever... Oh, we did the 10K at Melbourne Marathon last year, but I was like pretty keen to just run off my full stomach to try and like actually get a 10K PB. Oh, so that was a race when you ate like three course meal before you ran and then fell yeah. sick the whole run. That's a really bad idea. But this time we're going to be running together um, and doing the 14K Paradise Run. I haven't run 14K yet since my hamstring tendinopathy, so fingers crossed we can um, get across You'll the line. You'll definitely be doing that. And we're going to be in the Brooks um, Hyperion Elites. Yeah, uh, I believe for the race, which is pretty cool. There's some cushioning, some decent carb plate in there to help with the heels and also the recovery after you yeah. run. Yet to try them, so I feel like that needs to be on the cards probably before You've we... have done a couple <laughs> of runs around the living room. Yeah, <laughs> not sure if that actually counts. <laughs> no. um, and then the following day, we're going to be doing the pre-run activation for the half marathon, which is starts at Kennet River. And um, yeah, we'll be doing all kinds of things to activate and warm up. We won't, we won't be doing the half marathon event. I'm still on day on, day off running, so yeah. I'll need a couple of days to recover after the 14K. Uh, you might sort of go for a long run or probably just brunch, really. I reckon I might just do the brunch and have a day off on that day. I think the hype is going to take a lot of out of us. So it's mm. actually going to be amazing. It's going to be down in the foreshore and we're going to be up and just going through like a nice quick pre-run activation, but also just providing a little bit of amp before the run. It's such a beautiful and scenic event. So to be down there on the beach, like crack of dawn, doing some Pilates moves in um, some pretty cool Brooks runners and gear. It's going to be a really good time. It's going to be really good. I actually remember doing the 14K last year and we drove there in the morning of the race and I remember it was absolutely freezing going through there. We have to go sort of like through the inland a little bit to try and like, because all the, all the roads are obviously closed off. Mm. And I just remember like driving through the mist and it was so cool because it just felt like you're driving through a forest, you know, super misty, like you can't really see anything and you come out the other side and it was just like the most beautiful, clear, sunny day. Yeah. So fingers crossed it's going to be another one of those. I feel like Melbourne's kind of like that at the moment. You know, it's morning here right now. It's like, the skies are looking pretty uh, grey and not very nice, but then I feel like this afternoon it's always going to be nice and sunny. Mm, classic autumn. And we are here at the moment in Eureka Tower. Mum and Dad have gone away, so we are just sort of doing a little staycay here. And it is actually glorious. So we've sort of just been sitting here watching the world go by. You can see the boats uh, Albert Park Lake. Yeah, we're just, like, we're just kind of uh, like armchair experts of everything. Like, oh, the weather's coming in from the left. I think no, that's the... That's the east. That's the east, actually. From the that's left. kind of the left. Depends which direction you're looking at. We're also at. watching the footy at the MCG from the big screen here last night. You couldn't really see much, but it was kind of a bit of a vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um, the unfortunate thing was that uh, we were trying to watch it on TV, but <laughs> turns out that the team that we were trying to follow wasn't actually on the TV. The mm. one that was at the MCG was on the TV. So, um, yeah, that got a little bit confusing because we didn't actually get to watch what we wanted to. But um, I think the Swans had a pretty good effort. I was tuna. I was I was treating your dad's shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Another one of these things. Um, yeah, so that's good. We're probably just gonna enjoy the rest of our day being armchair experts on weather and traffic and all things here. So And we're about to film a new pre-run activation all standing so you don't have to get all wet on the grass and everything like that. And it'd be a good one to do if you are park starting or just somewhere that's a little bit trail run-esque. Yeah, so stay tuned, we'll have that ready for you shortly. Bye!